Hey, Cornerstone. Today's scripture reading will be from uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. I'll be reading from the NIV. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Felix. And happy Palm Sunday. It's kind of an odd greeting, huh? Happy Palm Sunday. Because as we remember Palm Sunday, we remember what is coming, which uh, is Good Friday. But then there's Easter, right? Sunday's coming. So it's all together. Well, last week we started a series of messages titled uh, Habits of the Heart. And this series is to help us uh, who follow Jesus as Lord to see that these practices, these spiritual disciplines or habits, we call them, uh, are work to really orient our hearts, the state of our hearts, to know and focus on Jesus as Lord and Savior and who we are in Christ through faith as God's children. And so our spiritual disciplines just kind of direct us again and again and again through these habits to this truth on which we stand. Because all other ground is what? Sinking sand, <laughs> right? And so this is the purpose of our series of messages, and that was the main purpose of last week's message, was to focus on who Jesus was and his identity and who we are. Today we begin to look at a, the specific habits uh, that are spiritual habits, the habits of our hearts, taught and modeled in the scriptures. And so the first and foremost, as is listed there, you see, is prayer. Prayer as a habit of our heart. Now, as we address these different habits uh, in the weeks ahead, um, though we will we'll be taking a break next week because we'll be together as a reminder, all, with our, all three congregations of the church, and uh, at 10 o'clock, we will be worshiping next week. But following that and the weeks following, we'll be looking at these different habits uh, that are, we see um, displayed throughout Scripture and modeled and taught on. But the main thing is to focus us in different ways, all these different habits, prayer being the first and foremost of them, that Jesus is the Son of God, God in the flesh, that He lived, that He taught, that He died, that He rose again from the dead proving that he is the Lord of all and whom is worthy of our full devotion to follow. And this truth, then, when we believe in Christ by faith and trust, then we are children of God, redeemed, and that's who we are. And when we believe in who Jesus is Lord of all and when he, what he has done by the grace and love of God, dying to redeem sinners, then we believe in and follow Jesus. These spiritual habits will become more and more just a part of us and what we do in our daily lives. And so this is because our hearts then are aligned more and more, oriented more and more 
to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, right? Who for the joy set before him endured this cross, scorned then its shame, and now he sits at the right hand of God. The Lord Jesus came to redeem us, and especially and focused on our sinful hearts. And this is why the state of our hearts is really the main concern of Jesus when he came. He's concerned about your heart. He's concerned about my heart because everything flows from our hearts, the state of our hearts. The habits of our lives flow from the state of our hearts. And think about it. What habits do you have established in your life right now? Just think What are some of your habits? We went through a little bit of this last week. How do you unwind? How do you seek to relax? Is there a certain way you do this as a habit? What do we do when we de-stress? What do you go to to kind of relieve that, that tension in your mind, in your heart? What habits do we have that we think are helping us? Or what habits do we think that are not helping us? Our bad habits, we call them, right? In respect to things like study, our study habits, our exercise habits, our social habits, our social media habits, our entertainment habits, our eating habits, our habits that, are these habits helping direct us and remind us of who Jesus is and whatever that, what it is? Or are they leading us away from who Jesus is in some way that, is then we could qualify it as a bad habit if it's doing so. You know, a habit, and I'm going to define it here, is simply the usual way of behaving. It's something that a person does that often in a regular and repeated way. So the people that know us well know our habits, or at least some of them that they see, because it's things we just do again and again and again, the way we speak or how we stand, you know, some people, when they preach, they rock, you know. Some people, I had my pastor, we, once we noticed that he'd bounce on his thing. So once you notice that, it'll just drive you crazy, right? Because every time you're waiting for the bounce, right? <laughs> so it's just, what habits do we have? And are we aware of what they are? Now, it's the regular, repeated practice of the habit in our lives and the habits in our lives that then lead us to the more significant results. And I have a video of this that just kind of demonstrate this put together by Life Church, and I thought it was very good. So go ahead and show that video. Small disciplines, big results. You know, in other words, when our habits of our heart continually point us to the Lord Jesus, then our minds and our hearts will become firmly standing on that truth. And whatever comes in our lives, the troubles, the temptations, 
the things that try to lead us away from that, we will not be moved onto the sand that is not firm. Prayer is a spiritual habit mentioned throughout the Bible from beginning to the end. And, and the word pray or prayer occurs in four books the most frequent, uh, beginning with Psalms in the Old Testament. 34 times that word is, appears. 33 times in Acts, the book of Acts in the New Testament. 23 times, um, or 25 times in Luke, 23 times then back in the Old Testament, Second Chronicles. And then other books have it, just not as frequent. But why pray if God knows what we're going to say before we say it? And why did Jesus pray? Think about that. God in the flesh. Why did he pray? Well, we know Jesus had this habit, as it says in Luke 5, 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And as we said, today is traditionally Palm Sunday. And when we think of this day, when we remember and focus uh, on this time when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem, what is called a triumphal entry. And it was the beginning, in a sense, of that countdown to when he was going to be crucified the following Friday morning. But there's this image when we think of Jesus praying throughout his ministry on that Thursday night. You remember? He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives. And if you've watched The Passion of the Christ, I try to watch this movie not successful every year, but around this time to remind me of that Passion Week, we say. And if you remember, the first scene in the movie is Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's how it starts, because that's how the, that whole ordeal of him being betrayed and then going to the cross and being crucified and then rising again. But he's praying there. It was his habit and with Jesus, we see it was a habit of prayer because he desired, he sought after this communion with God the Father and God the Spirit. It's, it's, he desired their presence, the focus of being with and, and in communion with them. Jesus desired to be alone with God the Father. And even more so, do we need to be alone with God? the Lord God, in prayer and focus on why. Why do we live? What's the purpose of life? What is the truth of our existence? And it's because of who Jesus is and who we are by faith in him. And since God knows what we will say before we say it, and since God knows the states of our hearts better than any one of us do, <laughs> because we always deceive ourselves or get it wrong, prayer is not necessary for the Lord. So prayer is actually for our own benefit. And this is because prayer is a spiritual habit of dependence on the Lord. It's a spiritual habit that like, shows us when we pray, we will, are humbly acknowledging that we are dependent on the Lord God. And we are humbly as an inferior coming before him and asking an, a superior for help. And we are asking him because we are in need of the Lord's grace and forgiveness and power and guidance and wisdom for our daily lives and our decisions and our actions. And this is why the Apostle Paul wrote for followers of Jesus to, as he said, 
pray continually, or as the ESV puts it, pray without ceasing. Well, boy, do I fall short of that. I mean, you guys praying right now? I mean, pray without ceasing, right? <laughs> Supposed to be praying now, but it's not necessarily like, you know, on our knees and heads bowed, eyes closed, hands clasped, whatever that image we have in our head. But it's this communion with the Lord God, this communication with the Lord God that's ongoing in our every moment of our lives. And the habit of prayer is to grow into every area of our lives, our daily lives, every area. I don't know about you, but often, and this is uh, something as a pastor, maybe you think I pray all the time. Well, I don't. Um, I often get so focused on doing stuff for the Lord, I forget that He's like with me, (laughs) and I'm just doing it on my own, and I'm not seeking that, and that's when I get into trouble. Today's text in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, is one of the teachings of Jesus on prayer, and in this scripture text, Jesus gave three commands to His followers, ask, seek, and knock. And verses 7 and 8 say, I'll read those again. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And in the original Greek language, and I don't mention this often because, you know, right? But it's actually parsed as active Present active imperatives, which just simply means these are commands that are the action that's ongoing, not a one-time done deal. So it's, so it's almost, you could translate this very accurately to say, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. That's the, the meaning here in these commands. And so to obey Jesus' command to ask or keep asking implies humility that of a conscious need that we are dependent on the Lord God. So we ask Him for everything. Right? We ask our request to the Lord as this person who is in absolute need of this, from the source of life. He is the source of all good things. Asking is a belief in a personal God who will answer. So why, I mean, why would we ask somebody if we know and think that He's not going to answer me at all? You know, it'd be a waste of our time if we didn't believe that He would. And Jesus told this parable of two men praying in Luke 18. Maybe some of you remember this. One was a Pharisee, one was a tax collector. And the Pharisee goes into his prayer, and all he prays is that uh, God, he tells God of how much of a righteous man he is because he's done what God said he should do. So he's kind of like patting himself on the back in front of God. But then we move to the, uh, the tax collector, and on the other hand, the tax collector says, or he, it says there, he wouldn't even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The tax collector was humble before the Lord and asking for mercy because of his sin, because he knew, <laughs> he knew himself and was aware of how far he fell short. See, Jesus commands, keep asking, right? And he says, oops, Sorry, it's up and coming. <laughs> Ask and it will be given to you for everyone who asks receives. There's that promise. Ask and it will be given. You will receive what you ask for. So during on my sabbatical, um, 
on January 20th, uh, May and I put our dog, Summer, down. It was really hard. And it was and still is difficult to deal with her absence. She was so much a part of our lives. But we had plans to, toward the end of this sabbatical leave uh, to adopt a cat. And so we prayed and asked the Lord to lead us to a cat that would be a good fit for us and us for the cat. And, and so we were just praying, and we kept praying for this, and then we started looking toward the end of the sabbatical break. And, and on March 2nd, we adopted this one-year-old cat, Pepper. And so she's been with us about a month. And so we got her from the Franklin Animal Shelter. She's about one year old. She was actually found as a street cat at Rite Aid, right over here. <laughs> we didn't plan on that. They were just like, where'd they find her? Like, oh, you know where Rite Aid is in Somerset? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I know where that is. So it's, it's pretty cool. And, and, you know, we had asked the Lord for something like this um, so that we would be able to have an animal in our home that was good fit. And I share this with you because we kept asking. And amazingly, Pepper is such a good, comfortable fit with us because she's feisty and she's playful, but she's also very social, as, so she makes a good pastor's cat because we have a lot of people over, and she's very social with them, and she doesn't go hide and stuff. And so it's just a great fit to our home and a joy to have, and we thank God for her. See, God, Jesus knows that it's for our own health to keep asking the Lord for things like wisdom and guidance and then maybe as a single provision if you're desiring a mate. Go to the Lord and ask. As parents on how to best discipline our children to raise them, ask the Lord for that, that wisdom on how to do that. Every child is so unique. As children and how to be a blessing to our parents and to our siblings and to our relatives. Ask the Lord for those things. And, and as an employee or as a student on how to honor the Lord by doing our best in our work or our studies. How do we honor Christ, our Lord, who we follow through those things? To ask Him for these things. So keep asking for everything in our lives. God wants us to ask Him because He commands us. Keep asking. And then Jesus' second command here is to seek or keep seeking, which is simply... Just asking plus action, to take action. For example, we not only get to pray to the Lord God to give us a deep understanding of his word so we know him better, but then we get to go and study his word <laughs> and actually take action and, and read it and try to study it and understand it and memorize it, however we go about that. Um, and then seeking to live in harmony according to God's will. Seeking is asking and taking action. And Jesus commanded, seek, you will find, right? And then the one who seeks, finds. This is the promise that goes along with the commands. This is taking action, and this is similar to what Moses taught the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29, where he said to them, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And then earlier, just this previous chapter in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus uses this exact same Greek um, command, seek, there. And if you probably remember this verse, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things 
will be given to you as well. But keep seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, the habit of prayer is depending on the Lord for all things, no matter how small or how great they are. And seeking is something that often me and I find ourselves doing because maybe it's our age or whatever. We often end up seeking like our keys or my glasses or whatever it is. You know, we're trying to, oh, where is it? I forgot. I lost it. You know, where is it? And sometimes we find it right away, but sometimes we can't. And what we've learned is this habit of doing this practically because God is helpful in all the things of life. We pray, Lord, reveal to us where this is. And I can say 100%, if it's important, <laughs> he always reveals where it is. He's never let us down. But years ago, there's one time that there's such a testimony of God's grace and power shown in how he answered this prayer. And some of you have probably heard this story already once. Well, it was years ago, our neighbors who lived down the street from us were trying to sell their car. And... Um, it was during a time where the wife was out of the country and the husband was going to show the car that day. I don't remember quite what time of the day. But then he realized he couldn't find the keys to the car. It was locked, parked in his driveway. And he can't show the car if he can't open it up and let him drive it and all that. So he looked all over his house. Couldn't find it. He called May. I was at a meeting. I wasn't home. Called May. May went over there and tried to help him look. He couldn't find it. And, and he was frustrated. So I came home after around lunchtime. May had invited him over for lunch. So then they told me the story, you know, like, oh, I looked, oh, it's been hours. I ripped up the whole house and everything. I can't find the keys. People can't, I'm going to have to call them. Then I can't come over and see the car, whatever. And then I remember May and I looked at each other and we said, why don't we pray? Because he's not a believer. So we said, you know, May and I pray. See, God always shows us where it is. And this is a way you can see how God works. He goes, oh, yeah, desperately. He's like, okay, let's pray. You know, so we prayed that God would reveal where the keys were. And so I, and then he left after lunch, go back and start looking again. You know, he's like, okay, God's going to show me where it is, right? And then, uh, and then I finished something up, and then I walked over a little later, a few minutes after him, to just try to help him look. But as I'm walking over there, I'm like, Lord, this would be a great way for you to show your power to this friend of ours who doesn't, isn't convinced of you yet. So show us where the keys are. And so I walk into the house, um, familiar with him, so I just walk in. He's upstairs bumping around, so I'm like, hey, I'm here. I'm going to help you start looking at the keys. He's like, okay, good luck. You know? <laughs> and so then I remember I'm standing there at the doorway. I just shut the door, and I just, I'm looking like, okay, so where do I start? You know? And everything's like torn up, and like, where do I start? And then I got this image in my head of boots, and I look over, and there's these tall boots of his wife, you know, up to, like, almost the knees, and so I just, you know, I was just, like, just impression, so I just pick up the boot, and I turn it upside down, and the keys fall out, <laughs> and I'm just, like, first, I'm just, like, you know, like, what is happening, <laughs> you know, and so I pick up the keys, and I'm so excited, I yell upstairs, and I'm like, I found them, you know, I was only there, like, 15, 20 seconds, and so he comes running down the stairs, and he's like, I don't believe it. You found the keys. Where were they? You know, and I told him, they were in your boots. Probably fell out, from, I don't know, from the coat, went down the boot or something. He goes, ah. He's like, this is amazing. You know, and it was just, seek, and you will find. You know, the habit of prayer 
encourages us to keep seeking the Lord in all the things of life, no matter how small they are or big. But the fact that we do so shapes and orients our heart to trust in Him because He is the Lord of our lives. Not our own thinking, our own understanding, or i got to figure this out, or I can fix myself, or I can fix this person, or whatever it is. No, it's the habit of prayer orients us. So there's keep asking, keep seeking, and then this last command, Jesus' command to knock, keep knocking. And it's simply, we could say, it's the asking part, it's the taking action part, but then this image of knocking is like this persevering part. Just keep at it until somebody answers that door, right? Bang, 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 bang. I know you're in there. <laughs> you got to come answer the door. Yeah, it's that perseverance. And Jesus taught this same principle in another occasion in Luke 18. And it says there, beginning that chapter, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up, that perseverance, to keep knocking. And so he told this story of a widow who was trying to uh, seek justice for her situation with a judge, but the judge was like not paying attention to her, just ignoring her. And so she kept nagging him persistently. And finally, the judge, we learn, gives in and gives her justice. And so then... Jesus says, how much more would your loving heavenly Father who cares and loves you act on your behalf and give you good things? So it's this this, uh, principle that Jesus is trying to show. Don't give up. Just keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. And in God's time, he will give you what's good for you. How can we develop this habit of prayer. We all struggle. Prayer is actually the habit that I struggle with the most, to keep it as a habit in my life. I've walked with Christ for a long time now, since I was, since 1980, I've walked with Christ. The struggle never stops, because this is where the evil one tries to stop us, is going to him in prayer. I would suggest connect this habit of prayer with another habit that you're already doing. Because you've already established that habit, introduce the habit of prayer to connect it with that habit. For example, I used to pray when I walked my dog Summer. Now, that prayer time was not very focused because I'm also having to deal with her throughout the walk, but it would be times of prayer. And, but now she's gone, so now I've connected it to just, I've continued the habit of walking every morning. So I've found, especially as a man, I, you know, maybe this is too stereotypical, but us men need to do stuff, and we feel productive. So if I can walk, and I've got a certain distance, and I pray while I walk, then that helps me keep this habit of prayer up every day. And so I purposely pray while I do my morning walk, and I find this has established this habit in my life, and then it bleeds into every other aspect of my life because it kind of starts this orientation of my heart for Christ. Jesus' three commands here, ask, seek, and knock, and and his accompanied promises um, are strengthened then by this argument he uses from lesser to greater in verses 9 through 11. So I'll read those again. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your 
Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in other words, if we who are of sinful hearts, that's what it means, evil there. You know, the scriptures say every inclination of our heart is always <laughs> evil, right? So if we who have sinful hearts know how to give good gifts to our children, then how much more will the loving heavenly Father who sent his Son to die for us give us good gifts for us when we ask him, when we seek him, when we knock on his door and say, Lord, I need this. You know, when I hear this truth, I think of immediately Romans 8, 32. It comes to mind. It says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Such an important truth to stand firm on. And if we believe that God is sovereign, all-knowing, all-powerful, and that is he is a good father who knows all our needs and will give us all good things, then why bother to pray? Because this is already his heart, right? Why do we need to pray if he's going to... He wants to give us good things. He gave us Christ Jesus to redeem us. Isn't praying to God then kind of a waste of time? Because he knows everything. He knows what's in my heart. He knows what I need better than I need. Well, the short answer is, well, Jesus commands us to pray, <laughs> right? Ask, seek, knock. He commands us to pray. Jesus instructs us to pray and even gave us details of how to pray. He's like even, okay, this is how you do it. Do you remember? It's in the previous chapter, chapter 6, the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And there, Jesus is teaching us to ask the Lord for things. And what things does he teach us in that prayer to ask for? I'll just summarize it. We're to ask for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done as it is in heaven, for uh, him to give us a daily bread to forgive us our sins, to not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Very key things to ask and keep asking God for. And yet the question still remains, surely God desires to grant us all these things anyway as his children who believe and trust in him, so why pray? if he's going to grant us this anyway. It's because prayer is not for God's benefit. Get that out of your head. It's not like we appease God the more we pray. So I always get a little concerned when somebody tells me, like, oh, I pray two hours a day. I'm like, why do I need to know that? Is that kind of like a, <laughs> God's really got to do something for me now because I put two hours in every day to pray to him. Like, no, I don't think he cares about the time factor here. <laughs> it's always about our heart, right? So if anybody ever says that, just kind of let it, whew. it's not really, God's not keeping a stopwatch. Okay, he's starting, okay. <laughs> you know, no, not at all. But he delights when we humble ourselves and pray to him, seeking him for the things of our lives, things we don't understand, the struggles of our hearts, the anxieties we face, why we're feeling so down and depressed. You know, there's so many scriptures and in the Bible where it's like, why is my heart down and downtrodden and depressed, you know? I'm going to put my trust in you. That we, it reveals when we pray that we need him. It stirs us to love and worship of our Lord God who is the source of life. And our affections and zeal for the Lord will grow as we continue this habit of prayer. It's kind of like this image that came to my mind of, you know, have you ever been in a, a stream and you pick up a rock in a stream and it's very smooth? It's all smooth. And how long does it take for a rock to get that smooth with water just running over it? A long time. 
this repeated action of water just running over it and rubbing those rough edges smooth. It's molding that rock. Well, the image of prayer is the same way. It's like it's orienting your heart and my heart and opening ourselves to God's spirit, molding us and shaping our hearts to be more like Jesus. Best temperature thermometer of your spiritual maturity and your devotion for the Lord Jesus is look at your prayer life. If you don't pray very often, then your heart needs a, it has a lot of rough edges, <laughs> and we need that smoothing over. God loves his children, cares for us. He wants us to humbly ask for the things we need. Let's develop this habit of the heart of prayer. If we fully and des- desire to follow Jesus, the one who died and saved us, then we will seek to commune with him. We will seek to be with him and talk to him and ask him for things. Let's pray. Lord, as we're doing now, as uh, your body gathered in worship of you, our Lord, our King, our Savior, and Christ Jesus, your Son, We know, Lord, that you demand of us to pray, to seek you, because this is for our benefit. I pray, Lord, for each of us here that we would continually put our pride aside and seek you who is the life. Holy Spirit, fill us with this desire and enable us to take action and be persistent. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.